Welcome to the Staffordshire Union of Golf Clubs podcast. I'm with Mark Romasuk, the Regional Manager for England Golf in the Central Region. Um, Mark has a really wide-ranging role that we're going to learn a bit more about, and we're also going to understand a bit more about what plans England Golf has for the game and what that means for Staffordshire's golfers and clubs. So um, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Thank you very much. So, Great to be here. <laughs> yeah, lovely to have you. So, I mean, I, I, I guess the... The first question it, it would be remiss not to ask really is you know golf's just returned you know and things are things are now getting back into the swing of a relative normality so how's that that transitional period been for for you and for england golf it's i mean it's been an interesting one let's, let's put it that way for for a start um obviously as we know the the government's been putting out the um the guidance on various areas and it's it has been a broad brush statement quite often so there has been challenges from clubs which have been absolutely fair on different things that we've obviously had to impose uh, via the government guidance and, and our interpretation of that um, but clubs have also been really supportive a lot of the time in terms of the things that we've had to put in place and and when we've had those discussions with clubs and made sure that they understand where you know where we're coming from and, and where that guidance and advice has come from They've been brilliant and it's, um, it, you know, we're, we're glad to be on, hopefully, the back end of this now. We want to get back to normality. We want to get back to to doing our job and, and supporting clubs, but it's it's been challenging. Very interesting, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, for, for, from an external perspective, I think without wanting to be too critical of, of governing bodies, I think over, over the years, You've often had the case where the PGA, the RNA, England Golf have all spoken with different voices. But I think I think it's fair to say through through this, you know, through the, the challenges of the pandemic, you know, golf has come together and spoken with one voice, you know, and communicated with the government well. And I can't see anything that could have been done that hasn't. Yeah, we we had to, is is yeah. the honest answer. I think that there's not ever been a situation whereby everyone's interests have come together yeah. like they have in the last 12 months. Um, you know, obviously we look after the amateur side, amateur side of the game, PJ look after pros and GCMA look after managers. Yeah. Um, ultimately we've all had to be on the same page because we've been given a, we've been given one issue to deal with essentially over the last 12 months. So yeah, the honest answer is we've had to come together and um, I'm hoping that, that our relationships will be ever stronger for that in the yeah. future. So. Yeah, no, I think it's hopeful. I think it's very hopeful for golf to see that to see all the different organisations working together. It's been a very positive thing. So, I mean, going forward, I mean, I guess when you're as you're returning to a level of normality, and hopefully, you know, by the end of the summer, we we won't be far off what could be considered normal. I mean, what does the role of you know regional manager look like at England Golf? Yeah, what what's your day to day? So my day to day, I mean, I'm sure you're aware I was the CSO for um, Shropshire, Herefordshire and Staffordshire. Yeah. So I've, I've recently um, come into this role. So it's very new. Um, but essentially, I look after 12 counties from Shropshire, where I live, all the way across to Suffolk and Norfolk. Um, there's 395 clubs within the region. Wow, when they say um, central, it is literally central. Yeah, it is straight, <laughs> straight across the middle. Yeah. Um, and um, I've, I've got five CSOs within my team. Yeah. Uh, so essentially my, my job is to, to support and manage the team of club support officers um, in what we deliver to essentially deliver England Golf's uh, strategic plan, which obviously is coming out at the end of 
this month, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I also work with counties on things like strategy, incorporation, safe golf, obviously, um, has been a recent one. But then also operationally, I look at things such as the Women in Golf Charter and also junior priority plans with, uh, with counties. Apologies. I'm slipping into old CSO talk there. Um, and then also the, the other part of the role is working with our national participation managers um, to actually look at how participation fits in with membership, essentially, and how we can use their programmes, essentially, to, to our advantage to actually deliver outcomes at clubs through the participation programmes. So, yeah, as you say, very wide ranging role. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's put on top of that, you know, working through safe golf, working through um, COVID restrictions and the RNA fund. It's it's a busy role, but yeah. it's good fun. Well, it's interesting to hear that context. Having you know, you know, we had uh, we had Laurie Yap, one of your yeah. um, club support officers, on this yeah. podcast a few weeks ago, and yeah. to hear the context, I guess, of what you're doing at a strategic level. You know, Laura actually spoke about the you know the nuts and bolts of implementing that at club level. So I think it's a, it's it's really interesting to sort of join those dots up and to know that there is a, there's a connection, I guess, between you know what the the thoughts that are going on at that strategic sort of level across the board. And what's actually happening in clubs? Do you? I mean, do you, do you get that sense of connection from your work to you know to what you see down your local golf club? That must be really satisfying if you can see something happening. Yeah, definitely. I mean, particularly when it comes to if they're growing membership and they're putting in place things like members inductions, as an example, or um, working on surveys and making sure that that experience for their golfers is um, is obviously uh, as as good as it can be. Those are the sort of things where you think it, it's great to, one, see it happening on the ground, if you like. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, as you say, we can see where it's filtered down from ensuring that the partnerships we've got in place are, are correct, ensuring the process and the things that we put in place for club support officers to deliver are correct and, and they work. Um, and yeah, and then seeing that impact is is fantastic. It's, it, it is rewarding in, in that sense, definitely. Yeah, that's great. I mean, and I guess just for the context of you know, any listeners that might not understand the, the complete structure of how golf sits, I mean, we're obviously Staffordshire Union, uh, Staffordshire Union of Golf Clubs. How do you see that, that the roles of a union sitting alongside the roles of England golf? I guess your, your role is probably one that marries those together. Yeah, my role definitely is one that, that marries roles together. I think I think that the kind of biggest thing that I've noticed into this step up into the regional manager role is essentially the things that I would have delivered with clubs previously. I'm now looking to, to as part of the role to deliver with the county. Yeah. So ultimately, as a, as a county body, Staffordshire Union needs to be looking at how they can affect golf participation, membership and deliver things that mean that clubs will be stronger. So. As, as an example, in Shropshire and Herefordshire, um, I've delivered the Women in Golf Charter with the association. And now we're looking at things operationally to put in place that are gonna help clubs moving forward. Yeah. So we've put a, um, a resource hub under the Women in Golf Charter section of their website for clubs to go on and look locally at what they can do to, to improve their delivery. Yeah. And that's just one example. And, and that's how we can get a very strong link between the counties and England golf and, and what we deliver and try and affect really. 
I guess that's half the battle, isn't it? That if you've got a strategic goal in mind and you're giving people the tools to be able to action them, you know, without actually taking that next step and doing something about it, is the you know, there's, there's no point in doing the first step. So you need people almost sort of moving that process along at different levels. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I always try and talk to counties about the fact that they are the the umbrella, if you like, that, that clubs come under and then they have the ability to affect how clubs work. So as an example, again, you know, if clubs are struggling with volunteering and that's something that we have through Laura telling me, then ultimately, is there any reason why we couldn't put on volunteer workshops that the county are running? Yeah. so that we can actually help clubs in in those ways that they are telling us they need help so that's that's where that kind of level of um collaboration can can work it's, it's really taking that data and information that the clubs are telling us and then delivering something that that can matter to the clubs essentially yeah well i think i mean that's something i've noticed over uh, over the past few months, but I guess perhaps uh, going back a year or so, is that everything that's coming out of England golf that I see seems to be very data driven now. It's it's about it's not about looking at people's perceptions of what's going to be good for the game. It's actually looking at the experience of the, the people who are playing it, the experiences of clubs that are delivering it, the experiences of people that are operationally working in the sector, which I think is such a positive thing. And uh, you know to to take a long route around there, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the England Golf um, Independent Handicap Scheme coming out. And I'd be interested to know some of the background sort of strategically to that, sort of the thinking behind it that has led to what by some clubs is seen as a relatively controversial, um, relatively controversial step. You know, mm -hmm. But there the must be a, a good, solid strategic thinking behind it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, so there's, as you'll know, we've got 637,000 golf club members that affiliate to England Golf. However, behind that, there's 2.3 million golfers who are regular golfers who essentially don't have an offer within a club. Yeah. So therefore, we actually know nothing about those golfers. You know, that, that's the honest truth. We don't know where they like to play, why they're not a golf club member. Those are two of the biggest questions that, that we kind of have about that group. Um, so what we want to do with independent golfer or, you know, however, whatever you'd like to... Whatever they're being called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is we want to be able to communicate with those 2.3 million regular golfers to tell them why golf club membership is a good thing. So when you say regular golfer, you're talking about people that all go and hit balls down the range, people that may, might play once or twice a month, but without yes, a handicap. Are you, yeah. Honestly, until recently, I will, I wasn't a regular member, um, but right. I always, I, I've got a handicap in my head that I play yeah. to. I guess you, yeah. you're talking about that kind of golfer. Yeah, exactly that. So this, the whole strategy around independent golfer and what we now deliver has had a complete shift in the last sort of 12 months. So our team, the club support team and our network used to cover everything from getting to golf right the way through to, to club membership. However, now we are trying to engage with that regular golfer and get them into club membership. That is our aim moving forward. Yeah. And that's where independent golfer fits in. If we can find out more about these people and, you know, they're not, they're not, um, how do I put it? They're not ogres. They're, they're, they're golfers. Yeah. 
so and that and we need to find out more about them so that we know what they want from a club experience that essentially they might not be getting at this point yeah um i think another another point that i always talk to with clubs around independent golfer is because we don't know these people at the moment they are still coming to our clubs and they are still paying a green fee and we don't actually know who they are ultimately if we have a way of communicating with them and we know who they are we can start saying to clubs this person's been to your club five times in the last month why not tell them about your um flexible offer yeah. of membership you know what whatever it may be we can start communicating with them on the flip side of that if they were to book in someone else's name i know you know it's it's uh it's unlikely to happen but then they go and do something to your 15th green yeah and you don't know who they are all of a sudden we've got no way to to stop them doing that somewhere else mm. but with independent golfer and and, and having uh, their information all of a sudden we've got connectivity into them to say you shouldn't be doing that we you know we're, we're going to let people know in the local area that you've, that you've done that so yeah. there's i think there's definitely flip sides to um to the ways in which we can communicate with people that at the moment we can't yeah i mean i read some interesting information coming out. i think it was the rna were, were leading on the original research mm. who were mm. who basically assigning themselves to the idea that if people benchmark their progress as you will be able to do with an independent yeah. handicap then mm. you become more attached to the sport um, it's certainly something, you know, my, I, I, I run far more than I um, play golf to, if I'm perfectly honest. And amongst the running community, Strava was such a revolution because people started benchmarking their progress. Yeah, they get their GPS watch, it would upload to Strava, it would show you in the context of your friends, in the context of your previous performance, in the context of, you know, the people out there generally. And all of a sudden it became a, almost a, a community of its own that drove people to participate more. And yeah. that's, what, that, that, that's my understanding of the, the research I saw from the RNA was actually if world hand, if not world handicap, if independent <laughs> golfer handicap can give people that sense of benchmarking their progress and put it in the context of other independent golfers, then it makes it more likely that they'll play more they'll play more regularly they'll see the value in a membership because they want to be playing more regularly and so they're more likely to make that step into becoming a golf club member yeah and i mean when you look at things i mean i won't name them but there's obviously handicaps that you can buy online yeah. now when you look at the success of those and then you think of apps like garmin i've got a garmin watch and i can have a handicap um through that when you start looking at, at those and the way that they are charging money for people to have a unofficial handicap, yeah. you've got the fact that one, it takes money out of the sport. You know, we're a not-for-profit organization. We will put that money back into the sport. Two, there's actually no integrity around that. Whereas the England golf independent golfer handicap will have an England golf panel sitting to make sure that we keep that integrity of the handicap. We will be, the only official um, handicap provider. Yeah. So ultimately, those two issues in terms of money going out of the sport and not coming back to clubs, and also the integrity of handicaps, will be solved by having the independent golfer offer. So 
And I guess yeah, they, and, they, they've given you proof of concept. Proof of concept yeah. is there that you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of regular golfers who aren't members mm -hmm. want to handicap. But what yeah. you're able to do is you know, collect those people in one place and communicate with them in a way that, that will transition them into membership. You'll actually have a pathway to membership rather than just wanting them to sit in the silo over here where it serves their purpose not to become members. Yeah, exactly that. And, and as I described earlier, the fact that we have now switched our thinking within the club support network to say, these are the people that we are aiming for. These regular golfers transitioning into membership of clubs are the people that we are targeting. Yeah. Those are the people we want to help clubs on a journey with to try and get them into membership. And that's what our new campaign, Membership Give It a Shot, is all about as yeah. well, is, is giving clubs the tools and the support to make sure they can target that group of 2.3 million golfers, regular golfers. And I guess if nothing else, the last 12 months has shown us that given the, the right set of motivations, those regular golfers want to become members. You know, the, the, the world yeah. of golf has seen that happen you know, right in front yeah. of our eyes. So actually, obviously, we don't want another pandemic, but how can, how can <laughs> England golf provide the right motivation to help people keep that momentum going? Exactly. Yeah. And when you look at when you look at the last 12 months, we understand now that there is an opportunity to make sure we retain these people. Yeah. So ultimately in membership, give it a shot. It's, it's around recruitment, it's around retention. So we want to work with clubs now to make sure that we are retaining those people within membership and they've got the right offer for them. That's, yeah. that's where we need to get to this year. As we move into sort of 2022, that focus may switch to now we've got to get to a point where we know we've retained the ones that we can keep. They're the, they're the core um, golfers and, and new members, if you like. Now we've got the offer right for retention. How do we recruit these people now? Yeah. How do we continue to talk to them and make sure that, that we have the right offers in place at clubs that, that can ultimately bring them into the, into the, into the fold at a club? Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a, it's a fascinating insight into the... I guess it's reassuring that these conversations are going on at a high level. It's not about sitting back and thinking, right, this is brilliant. We've got all these new members. Actually, the thoughts, the thought processes now are about what happens in six months, what happens in 12 months. And I think that's so important for Staffordshire clubs to know that, you know, the England golf is already thinking about how can we keep that momentum going? And also golfers, I guess, is it's about how Staffordshire golfers can understand that England golf are thinking about their experience and how that can improve. Yeah, I, I think you touch on a really good point there around around golfers, because ultimately we've kind of never been able to talk to golfers before. But with the launch of WHS, we've got a, a lot of golfers now have opted in for our communications. Yeah. So we can now start to say this is what we do to, to ordinary club members. Yeah. Ultimately, it's not all about performance. It's not all about competition. You know, we, we are a club support network that, that can help your club. Yeah. And even if that's the one thing we do is we come to a club and we improve the experience for members, then, then that's a positive. That's got to be a positive. Do you know, I, th I think that's the bottom line, to be honest. I think if as, a, as, if as a community of people working in the golf industry, we can improve the experience for golfers, then the rest will take care of itself. Exactly. Just my opinion. Yeah, no, no, I, I, and I, I don't disagree with that opinion at all, no.
That's right. Well, thank you ever so much for your time today, Mark. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come and talk to the Staffordshire Union of Golf Clubs audience and let us know a little bit more about what England Golf are doing and what you're doing across the enormous central region. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, so thank you for all your input. And um, yeah, I hope to speak to you soon. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Mark.